This is Brian Tamburino, and you're listening to the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. It's my mission to help decision makers and business owners excel, so I'm bringing you some of the nation's top consultants and executives to break down the strategies that they've used to disrupt the average day-to-day process. Who is your market? Who is positive? That's... that's My name is Brian Tamburino. We're here with Disruptive Consulting Podcast. And uh, today, our guest is Paul Higgins from Paul Higgins uh, Mentoring. And we will uh, we'll be talking a little bit about him. How is he disruptive? Uh, what does he do? Like, how, how does he help? And, and who does he help? So, Paul, if you want to give a quick intro, what, what, what's up with you? How, do, how, do you uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Brian. Um... I've got an Australian accent, so I live in Australia, but I work in the US uh, predominantly, uh, you know, North America. So uh, normally, yeah, uh, this is uh, a bit of a, a sleep in for me. So thank you for that. Uh, I normally wake up around 6 a.m. and, uh, and uh, you know, get into my US time zone and by uh, midday here, um, most of you are, you know, ending up for the day. But uh, yeah, I uh, run a a business, uh, it's under my name, Paul Higgins Mentoring, but it uh, supports cloud consultants. So anyone that sells, uh, consults and implements a SaaS platform. But a lot of what I do is um, very applicable to all consultants because ultimately we're just trying to solve problems for people and solve them, you know, the the uh, the quickest and uh, you know the most affordable way possible. So uh, yeah, that's what I do for a living. So we talk about um, anyone that listens to this show probably knows that I'm a Zoho partner by now. Uh, but I just want to point out that Paul does not work with strictly Zoho, right? You name a few of the other types of cloud consultants that you work with. Yeah, look, you, you name it. I've got from you know SAP, NetSuite. Salesforce, HubSpot, Monday, ClickUp, you know, I think there's, well, there's 59,000 uh, cloud consultants that are known, uh, the, the total addressable market. And, you know, I've got um, people in our community across nearly all of those platforms. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, the one thing I do is help cloud consultants, but I'm uh, pretty agnostic to what platform they're on. So you talk about, um, you, you mentioned your community, and I think it's important for people to know that um, I'm, I'm now part of Paul's community, and, and um, Paul, when you and I met, you, you helped me a, a, a tremendous amount, uh, just something as simple as, well, it seems simple, but it's, it's rather complicated, uh, making my LinkedIn profile so much better. Right. And, and this is one of the things that I use to like demonstrate to people the value of your service. Um, or even just the free services that you offer, the, the simple things that that just make you, in my opinion, such a, a good person to know, right? And when you talk about these cloud consultants, um, if we're really looking to scale this, I need people like you as part of my network. So 
you want to tell everyone a little bit about the LinkedIn pod? I didn't really in, intend on discussing that, but it just kind of came up in, in that new LinkedIn pod. I think, I mean, it's hopefully going to be helpful for all of us, you know? Well, look, I'm sure you're listening. You know, it's not any surprise that, you know, you give away value, people like know and trust you, and then they're more likely to buy from you, right? So we've been told that over and over again. But I think there's a couple of ways that you can do it as a consultant and the way that, you know, I, I sort of practice what I preach. So one is having a free community, like you said. So some people have paid communities, mine's free. And, um, you know, we, if you're doing, you know, LinkedIn outreach, uh, you know, you sort of, you know, it's the, it's that void, you connect with people and then all of a sudden it's like, well, what do I do next, right? Do I spam them? You know, you have a pitch or it feels uncomfortable. Whereas if you can offer value up front and IE, uh, peers helping peers, it's a great way to actually get people from LinkedIn maybe into your world, right? And you're giving value, you know, you're giving them something. So that's why I had the Cloud Consultants Collective and you could have your version of that, but it's communities where peers help peers. So that's sort of one key thing I do. Then I've got my podcast like yours, Brian, where I've got a podcast and I'm up to about 470 episodes now. So I interview top experts and also people like yourself that have that have had a successful or having a successful business and then they share their learning. So I'm constantly giving value. I do LinkedIn posts, right? So I'm trying to give as much value as possible so that people do like, know, and trust me. And then, you know, let's say 3% of those are ready to buy at any particular time. And then I've got, you know, services that come off the back of that. But I think is um, part of what you said around the, uh, the LinkedIn pod is, to be seen like LinkedIn, who knows now, might have a billion users on it. It's more than likely if you're doing B2B services, it's got your people on it. It's like, how do you stand out from the noise? And I think, you know, roughly, I think 3% of people actually post on LinkedIn, 3% of the users, right? Wow. There's a lot of people that go on the platform. So we think a great way of you building your authority and you've been seen as an expert is LinkedIn. So, um, you know, that's sort of the context. And then the short answer is what we do is have a group of like-minded people that um, support each other, i.e. they like and comment on each other's posts to trigger the algorithm. And what the algorithm then does is just share it with more of your connections. So if you've got the right audience as first connections and you do great content and you use the pod to trigger the algorithm, the chances are that you're going to be uh, seen by more people that um, are going to like, know, and trust you. And it, it's so important for someone like me as a, in a cloud consultant or a small consulting firm. And the reason that I say that is because I was actually just talking to someone the other day about marketing and I was looking, I use Zoho Social, right? So I was looking at my engagement. We'll have like 72 views or 32 views and, uh, one like, and that's it, right? Or, or one share. And, and then I look yeah. back to it and I think like, well, it was likely that was my like and my share. So uh, I, I believe that I have reasonably good content, but getting it in front of the right people, I think is the most important thing that you just uh, said, right? Because- Yeah, and, I, and, look, I, the, and the stats can be a little bit um, misleading. like. You know, so you, you never quite know who's viewing it. So, for example, last night I had a 
next colleague of mine that's just left corporate, now they're starting a consulting business. And they said, look, I've been following your content for the last five years. It's fantastic. Now I had absolutely no idea they were following my content, but they remembered me. And now when they're ready to buy, they come and, uh, and you know, um, uh, seek after me. So, you know, you just don't know who's watching the content. So, you know, people get caught up on how many engagements. I think the engagements is okay, but a lot of people are lurkers, right? I'm a lurker. Like, I don't always like and comment on someone's post, but it doesn't mean that I haven't thought, you know what, one day that person might be able to add value or even today. And at Coke, I worked for Coca-Cola for 18 years, and we used to always say that you want to be in the top three brands in someone's mind and they go to make a decision about that category. So for example, when someone walks into a, a store, they're very busy, you know, they walk, walk in and, you know, they don't have an hour to think about, well, what soft drink am I going to pick or what soda am I right. going to pick? Right. You know, it's, there's, you know, there's 200 different versions. The chances are they just want life to be simple and they'll think of three brands. And if those three brands are there, bang, they'll grab it. Right. And by you, being on LinkedIn and doing content on LinkedIn, you've got a greater chance of being in those top three people for the category that people are going to look for either now or in the future. So what do you think is the most important part of having that brand recognition? Yeah, look, I think the, the, the obvious one is consistency. Like a lot of people want the brand recognition, but they actually don't do the work, right? So that's the easiest thing is just show up, right? And average content will always trump no content every day of the week, right? So it doesn't have to be perfect. And uh, I think that's that's the first thing. The second thing is getting in and triggering the algorithm, right? So um, the algorithm, no one knows exactly what it is, but what we do see, uh, so I might do a post and get, like let's say 200 views to a post, right? Where I just post by myself independently. Whereas if I get the support of my peers in the first hour, that post could go as high as 20,000 views, right? Now, nothing's changed from a content point of view. The only difference is making sure that I get likes and comments in the first hour, right? And then LinkedIn goes, oh, okay, this is valuable content. So then I'll, sh you know, I'm going to share it broader. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is just the modalities of different formats, right? So there's, um, at the moment, a poll works really well. And the benefit of a poll is that when you uh, post a poll, you can actually see who's voted and then you mm -hmm. can reach out and you've got a reason to reach out to them. Oh, it's great to see that you, um, you know, uh, Engaged. Voted this on this. Yeah, correct, right? So you've got a reason to talk to them. So polls are great. Um, and then the other format is a slider. So, you know, where you've got a PDF and people can actually, you know, get value out of that. So they're better than sharing a photo as an example or a text in a photo. So there's different modalities of or formats of posts that work better. And uh, you'll, you know, by doing it, and by seeing the stats, you'll soon work out what they are. But they're probably the three key things in summary. One is be consistent. Two is make sure that you're getting help to trigger the algorithm. The third thing is just vary your formats to get the most out of the uh, the views. Key, I was just thinking about adding a slider the other day. 
and I was working with uh, this company. Are you familiar with Kixie? No. So Kixie is a dialer that um, okay. integrates a few different CRMs. So HubSpot, Salesforce, Zoho, pretty much only like the five, six largest. And um, the, they just gave me some PDF uh, information on how it uh, integrates and some of the functionality within. And it's all, th these are all things that I already knew, but um, for the purpose of sharing, right? So you know what I'll, I'll do? I, I think I'll actually send that to you because I don't know if it'll be helpful. But it may be helpful for you to try to strike some type of relationship with Kixie um, because uh, like my uh, regional rep, Chuck, is a really great guy. He's very helpful. And I'm sure that he'd be able to, to, to give some value to you, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And sorry. I'm sorry. That's a great example where like you could do a even a walkthrough of Casey as an example on your profile, right? So put up a video of this is how I use it do that video and then that you know once again that's adding value to your audience uh they see you on linkedin because you know i i still don't know of someone that you're about to meet so you know someone comes in like um i i get pitched for my podcast you probably get pitches for your podcast where's the first place i'm going to go and find out more about them mm -hmm. LinkedIn. linkedin right? right it's not their website Right. It's not their Facebook. It's not their Instagram. It's, you know, it's none of that. It's B2B. It's, it's LinkedIn. Right. And, and that's where, and people will go and look at your profile. So hopefully, you know, your profile is helping them to make an easy decision. They've got about two minutes. So if you can't help them make a decision on whether you're the right person or not in two minutes, you're sort of struggling. And then after that, they'll go and look at your content and they'll want to see if your content is proving that you're an expert in the area you're in and you've got some form of engagement against your content that's validating it so you know that's right. why linkedin is is so powerful in today's world right so a, a couple things that and, and i think you may have touched on a few of them but a couple things that i try to ask every guest uh, what do you think is your greatest asset and what is your greatest liability yeah look my greatest asset is my network uh you know, I've ever since I started uh, work in 1993. Um, yes, I shaved my hair because I don't want it to be so grey. If you're watching the video, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so since since then I've basically collected names and worked out how I can help people. Right? Um, if you think about it, it's the connecting the dots. Oh, actually, Brian, you 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 need that. Oh, okay, well, actually, I know someone that actually does that. So. All through my career, through Coca-Cola, and in Coca-Cola, you know, most of the problems that came up at Coca-Cola had been solved by someone in the world, right? So it was just a matter of who had it quickly to find that. You didn't have to always come up with your own ideas. So that's my greatest strength is doing that. And I've got, you know, over 4,000 people tagged in my sales CRM for, for expertise. So if someone comes to me and says, I need X, like Casey is an example for a dollar. I'll go and take that. I'll put that in. I'll put notes against it. So when the next time someone asks me that question, I'll say, well, here's three dollars that you could potentially use. So that's my greatest right. strength. My great, Sorry, you go. No, no, I just said, yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. And then my greatest weakness, I think, is marketing. You know, mm. it's how do you market that? Right. How do you right. market the fact that you're a connector and, 
you know, like there's, um, you know, I find that hard to, to market the value that you bring because it's not always a tangible product, right? Like, you know, you getting something and a connection that could earn you millions of dollars in the future, but you don't know it at the time. So it's not as if I'm handing you over money straight away. And that's the bit I find hardest. Like I was a marketing director at Coca-Cola. You know, so marketing B2C, I understand well, but often marketing myself is something that I'm not as, uh, yeah, it's, it's a liability. That's shocking to me because you seem like you're so good at marketing yourself. Even something, when you were the first person that I noticed had a video if you hover over their LinkedIn photo. I had no idea that was even possible. So it, that that is a shocking statement. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, you know, I think it's, you know, you can help people, but sometimes you just don't say it in a way that resonates with someone else, right? Right. And I think that right. that's the that's the hard thing. So like my podcast, right? Like I do a lot of podcasts. I'm sure I help a lot of people, but it's not as if, you know, the, um, my phone's running, running off the hook, right? It's not as if like I've got that many clients that I can't take anymore. So there must be some uh, disconnect there. And that's something that I always struggle with. I know I'm really good at what I do, but how do I make it easy for people to, to realize that? You know, it's, it's, I see the difficulty because I think about like, if I talk to, if I have a conversation with a marketing consultant, right? Everyone thinks that they have the solution, but in reality, maybe 10% of them have a solution and everyone, maybe someone's talking about, you need to sell off of emotion, which is a good strategy in many cases, but I, I try to mimic some of Zoho's marketing efforts and they don't sell on emotion. And I don't know that software is sellable or software integration services is sellable on emotion other than things like maybe frustration or angst or uh, overwhelmed. But I, I can't imagine that there are many, that there's a, a, a solid list of uh, more than five that people would really be like, all right, I need to drop X number of dollars on software licenses. I think that it's more about, in, in this case, and especially with all of your cloud consultants, this is my perspective. It's more about productivity, no? Yeah, look, I think that, so my experience is Coca-Cola, right? So I was there for 18 years, like I said, worked from a rep to a director. So that's my experience. And and it's it's a very uncomplicated product. It's sugar in a can, right? Sugar, water in a can, that's it, right? But it you know, you, it's very hard to sell something that's not particularly good for someone, right? And now right. they've got Coke, no sugar, and, you know, it's, it's changed a lot and they've got other beverages, but ultimately most of their money was made out of selling sugar in a can. Now you've got to get creative to actually sell that. So they were brilliant at marketing and brilliant at actually the emotional reasons why someone would have Coca-Cola versus, you know, what the product it was itself. And, and if I look at technology, you know, it's always sold the features. And I think one of the first game changers and the reason it's one of the most valuable companies in the world is Apple, right? Steve Jobs yeah. did a brilliant job of actually selling the emotion. He didn't sell the product. Like his thing where he stood up there and said, imagine if you could have a thousand songs in your pocket, right? It was the songs and it was the relationships and the songs. It was the emotion of that 
rather than saying you know, we've got this amount of gigabyte and therefore you know each song's worth this much so you can fit you know like he was brilliant at doing that and and you know i i think a lot of consultants know their stuff so well they get caught in what they're going to do and they forget the fact that the client has got an ambition they want to achieve and what's that ambition doing to them personally once you actually understand the change that that's going to make to them personally and what that ambition is then the easy part is you doing your stuff right but so often i see people talk about themselves they talk about their features and they don't really connect with the person who's who's basically they're working for what's their ambitions and most importantly what's the result what's the feeling they're going to have what's going to change in their life as a result of for example you putting in zoho because right? it could be zoho it could be hubspot it could be anything really the most important thing is what what's the outcome that you're going to address and i think you know that's what i see a lot of cloud consultants and when i did just consultants not cloud consultants really fall short of yeah, when I when I first started consulting, um, I remember my first presentation to a local networking group, and I didn't know how to sell at all. I had never been in a sales position. I was just an analyst that didn't want to work for a company, right? So yes, I spent a lot of time pointing at the presentation or the television screen behind me, saying like, "Yeah, I know our." I know VBA, I'm pretty good in, in Power BI or whatever, right? All of the languages that I knew, all of the software that I had worked in, the reports that I've graded, I'm talking about statistical analysis. None of these people understand understood it, not one. And I left that meeting and even months later, they would say, we still don't know what you do. Meanwhile, I was going there and pitching every week, right? And it, it took me a while to realize that it's not, them they they don't they shouldn't have to uh research what i do i should just be better at delivery or helping them understand how i can help them right and then it's exactly it exactly yeah, it. there's there's only one there's only one thing as a consultant you've got to do and that's be able to solve the problem better than the person themselves that's that right, that's exactly. it in a nutshell right can and and all they need to know is can they trust you more than themselves to solve something right and that's where your linkedin profile is yes it's validating that you're an expert but um there's the donald miller uh storybook um so i'm sure you've uh, probably heard of it if not just look it up it you know he's prolific at telling stories and i heard one of his employees on a podcast and they were saying you don't want to be the person where you're in a party and you said oh yeah i'm, I'm going to london right and the person hearing that goes oh yeah i've been to london and i did this and that and all they're doing is talking about themselves right you don't want to be that person in the party and you look at so many profiles of consultants on linkedin they're that person they're talking about themselves too much right? and they're actually not talking to the person that's actually buying the service Right? you don't want to be that person where as soon as someone says oh no i've got this all of a sudden you go oh yeah i could solve it by doing this this is and this it's like you know you're talking about yourself right and uh you're not actually in the conversation and actually really understanding what the client needs and and if you go and have a look at your profile 
And, you know, go have a look at mine because I've done a lot of work to, to make sure that it's written for my audience, right? So you, if you're a cloud consultant, you should be able to read my profile and go, oh, yeah, okay, this person really understands me. So just have a think about your profile at the moment. Uh, is it actually written for the reader or is it written for yourself? For anyone listening, <clears throat> I took Paul's profile and copied it and made it my own. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so I, I have a couple of just kind of standard questions that I ask everyone and I want to get into a couple. Of, so the first, um, I typically ask for like a short story. So maybe an example of strategy, growth. Um, if, if you have anything that you think would be valuable to share with the listeners, please do. Oh, sorry. Is that on strategies on how to grow? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, um, the, I, I, I've come up with seven drivers that I think are the key ways to, to grow a consulting business. So I'll, I'll just quickly run through those because they, they seem obvious, but you know, not everyone does them. The first one is pricing, right? We all underprice. We've all heard it. You know, if you tomorrow just went in and for the next pitch that you did, increased it by 20%, right? Uh, I'm sure that you wouldn't lose the sale, right? So I think, you know, pricing is absolutely critical because you're putting in all of this effort. It's You don't have to work any harder if you just increase your prices. The second is running campaigns to your existing clients. Once again, we've heard it before, but you've got some brilliant relationships. You've come up with a new idea, but do people that you're currently working with know that you've got that new idea? Right. And it's fresh in your head, right? Because you think, oh, everyone would know this. Actually, they don't. So, you know, go and uh, that new idea that you've got on a new service, make sure that you're actually selling it to your existing clients, right? The third is around uh, referrals. So, you know, how often do you actually ask for referrals? It's nice when they come in, but at the end of a conversation, you know, how often do you say, hey, do you know someone that we've just talked about? Do you just know one name? Right? Do you know one name that I could help? And once you break it down to one name and actually ask for that, it's incredible how many people will uh, refer you. Uh, the fourth is around cold outreach, and that's around, I think cold outreach is a bit of a you know the wrong term, but it's around using LinkedIn to its fullest. And as I said, you know I've, I, I, um, I you know do a lot of posting. I do a lot of uh, outreach on LinkedIn. I, I still think it's a brilliant way, and a lot of people say, but now, but I don't want to be spammy. You don't have to be spammy, right? If you've got a great profile and you tap someone on the shoulder, they're going to read your profile and they'll decide whether they're right or not for you, right? But they, they will do that. Uh, the fifth is inbound, which we've already talked about, so I won't double down on that. But that inbound for us is LinkedIn posting and also for the podcast. Um, number six is one that I think a lot of people miss, which is strategic partners. So how often, you know, how often do you find someone that's already got your ideal client, you've got complementary services, and therefore you can benefit from that? And I call it playing wholesale rather than retail. You don't have to spend a lot of sales and marketing. So if you had, you know, maybe three partners a year, they could fill at least half of your pipeline if you get the right partner. So as a quick example, I work with a a talent provider, right? Because when I'm consulting with, with someone, 
often it's they don't have the right team in place. So what I do is I go and partner with them to say, hey, you need X people? Okay, here they are. The flip side of that is they see some of their clients and they're like, they actually don't have the right strategy. If they had the right strategy, I could then put more people into to their business. So then they go and say, hey, Paul, could you go and help them with their strategy, right? So it works both ways. It's a great example of a strategic partner. So think about it. And often people go, well, how do I find strategic partners? It's like who went before you and who goes after you for your clients is a great way to find them. And the last one is around paid. Now, I'll be very brief on paid because to be honest, I don't do it. Uh, I'm looking to find experts to do it. So we've got a trial with someone at the moment that's uh, actually a Zoho They've done a great job to um, to uh, bring leads into their Zoho business. So we're looking at ways that we can learn from that to apply it to, you know, not just Zoho partners, but to other people. So they're the seven things. In summary, pricing, campaigns, referrals, cold outbound, inbound, strategic partners, and paid. And most people that I meet are doing maybe little bits of some, but they're not actually doing uh, all seven of those. One thing that for the longest time I did not do, and, and I think that I didn't do it because I didn't really understand how to do it correctly. Um, I was part of that group that said, well, I don't want to spam. Right. And then I realized that there are two types of people that reach that, that work in cold outreach and LinkedIn. There's the one that gives you a, a whole sales script and it's not not tailored toward anyone and, and it's immediately after they add you. So it's either a bot or uh, just a person that's not very good at selling, in my opinion. And I had it. Then there's the other that I'm online. I'm Paul Higgins and I see that Brian Tamburino may need me and what can I offer, right? And this is also something that was very misleading for me when I started this or when I started outreaching on LinkedIn, uh, because I'm basing everything that I know off of these people that are hitting me with a script. And then I remember how much I dislike it and I don't want to participate. Right? right. But it is so important to hear this and know that there is a huge difference. Right. You, you don't you don't stop sending emails just because you get bad ones. Right. You know, LinkedIn's the same. Like, just because you get bad messages on LinkedIn doesn't mean that you shouldn't use it for good and do it in a way. And it's no different to a party, right? Like, everyone walks in a party and there's the socially awkward people. There's, you know, there's people that are in the corner. Like, you know, there's someone in a pink suit that's standing out. Like, there's all different varieties. And LinkedIn's the same. There's all different varieties of people that are that are pitching but i you know we take a particular approach you know which has been built up from all of my sales dna at coca-cola where we were trained by some of the best people in the world plus 11 years of running my own business plus being trained by someone that does you know tony robbins and other people's work so you know i've built up a whole lot of experience and do it in a way that that works so it can definitely work um, you know, I've got 200 people in our community from scratch in the last 12 months, purely through LinkedIn outreach. So I know it, it absolutely works and it works for my clients. So if you are like Brian and you're like, you know what, I get some bad stuff, so I don't want to be that person. The great news is you don't, 
but don't miss out on a billion people and more importantly your exact people that you can find um it's you know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity linkedin please you know le leverage it as much as you can right so i think a lot of us already know the answer to this but i want to hear what your thoughts are um how do, how do you feel like you're disruptive in your industry? Because there are a lot of consultants, there are a lot of people that work in, in marketing and and uh, just anything, right? Helping other people, help business coach, for example. Uh, but how are you, how would you consider yourself disruptive? Well, when I was a cloud consultant, uh, we had peer groups that were just within the platform we sold, right? So, you know, we sold lots of different platforms, So, but it was always just that. So for you, you're a Zoho partner, Brian, and like typically you talk to Zoho people, right? But from my experience, we're all doing a similar thing. So whether you're a cloud consultant or a consultant, the actual B2B process is pretty much the same. So I looked around the world and I could not see a community where all of the different platforms got together to talk about business. Uh, there was lots of technical and most of the technical was platform specific. So I said, look, I would have wanted that when I was a cloud consultant, right? So why don't I just go and create that? So the way that I've been disruptive is to create something that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So that's, you know, my community and that's no matter what platform you're on and no matter what stage of growth you're on in your business, you can get together and ask peers questions, right? So that's uh, how I'm being disruptive. And a lot of people talking about community at the moment. And I think, you know, it becomes, you know, like it's like topics. So I just like chat GDP at the moment. You know, everyone's talking about it and it sort of becomes a theme. I think community-based is the theme at the moment. So just think about maybe how could you disrupt your market by creating a peer group or creating something that just doesn't exist and from your end customer point of view, because everyone, like the old analogy was, you know, often you'll trust a friend more than you'll actually trust an expert in something, right? So normally if a, an expert gives you a goal, I'm a golfer. So an ex, you know, your mate gives you a tip as a golfer, you think, oh, yeah, I'll try that. But you won't go and pay someone that that's all they do. <laughs> You'd right. rather get the free tip. So that, I think that's where communities are really important. But that's how I'm disrupting our industries by creating this community that didn't exist before me. And I'm hoping that you know, it will continue to exist after me. Good, good, good. I'm sure you will. Um, so a couple of things. You mentioned you had an ebook, right? Correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so it's, you want to tell me a little bit about it? What's included? Where can people find it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so effectively, um, my book it's you know forty pages, but it's what I know of running a cloud consulting business, and and it does apply to consulting in general. But it's got some, you know, it's eighty twenty. Eighty percent of it is you know could be applied to any consultant. Twenty percent it's cloud specific. And it just goes three, through three key areas. So one is getting your business model right. The second is generating that sales and marketing engine. And the third is a high-performing team. So, um, you know, it's there. And, and really what it is, is for you to just see what have you got, right? So I'm saying this is all the stuff that you need to be really successful after scaling and, and exiting my business. So it's my journey of that put into words. And then it's for you to say, well, okay, well, I've got all of this. It's great. 
or you might say actually you know what no i've never thought of this this and this so then you can add that to the to your to-do list to help you scale uh scale your business and hopefully whether you sell it or you get someone else to run it um but you're not the person that's uh doing doing all the work it's interesting and where can i find it what, what yeah, is the so cost though? It. i want to read it that's pretty zoom it's free zoom yeah it's free it. One of my free, uh, another one of my free assets. So it's it's paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint. And if you go to my website, which is paulhigginsmentoring.com, it'll also pop up if you're there for the first time. Um, but uh, yeah, paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint. Okay. Got it. I will download that as soon as we get off this call. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll get and I'll, and I'll get an email if you do. So I'll be chasing if you haven't. <laughs> all right so paul this has been a blast uh, I, I want to be respectful of everyone's time so i try to keep these reasonably short uh but i really do appreciate you coming on the show and hopefully we can connect again soon i'm sure we will uh this linkedin pod is going to be killer everybody please keep an eye out for it uh before we go you want to tell everyone where they can find you just a quick summary where uh, if we haven't already discussed it yeah so paulhigginsmentoring.com and it's uh paul higgins with an i i know sometimes people say is it with an e no it's h-i-g-g-i-n-s and if you just type in paul higgins within google hopefully i'm there somewhere uh and if you whack in the word uh consultants it'll uh it'll definitely uh appear awesome all right thank you guys uh i appreciate everyone listening